Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChompaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Novak Djokovic is finally back in America He's coming for the U.S. Open. Last time we saw him there, it was against Daniel Medvedev in that final where he was going for the calendar slam. He was one match away. And since then, we've not seen him in America. But finally, he's back. And I can't wait to see him back on the courts of America where he is playing well normally. But it's now his equal worst Grand Slam, J.G. Yep, and he's got Carlos Alcaraz to deal with, the guy who beat him at Wimbledon. We've also got some great stories on the women's. We're going to be speaking about it in today's episode of The Countdown. Novak Djokovic has won the Australian Open. 35 matches unbeaten. He's done it. Carlos Alcaraz. He wins. It's 14th round of Gareth title. Carlos Alcaraz wins the US Open and it's first. Grand Slam title. And welcome back to the countdown. Here we go. This one is episode two. If you are just joining us, it's your first time joining us. Make sure to follow us on all of the uh, necessary things, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and hit the subscribe and like the video as well. But this episode, we are talking about the return of Novak Djokovic to America I've been so disappointed personally not to see him play in the US Open last year because I thought it was really just embarrassing on their part that they allowed him to play the year before and then didn't allow him to play the next year. But obviously we have uh, Carlos Alcalaz, like you said. He is the reigning defending champion and he is now a Wimbledon champion and he's now beaten Djokovic in a five-set match. So this one... Well, we got our two favourites. We know from the last uh, countdown, they are Alcalaz and Djokovic. Will anybody else come into the picture, though? Yeah, so the last countdown, just to refresh up, we did speak about Alcalaz and Iga. Today, we're going to be speaking about Djokovic and Sabalenka. Is that right? That is correct. And 
yeah, thank you everyone for joining. I know it's been a little bit of a delay. I believe this is going out on a Wednesday. Uh, we initially planned to put them out every Monday, but there was a few technical issues. One being my laptop not working at all, and it is still undergoing maintenance. But we are here now, a lot to discuss. And before we go into it, Ben, I want to speak yeah. about some of the tennis which has just happened. Uh, since Wimbledon, there's been some events going on. What do you make of this period? Because I've never been as little interested as I am right now. I can't recall a time since we've had the podcast where I've just not been as interested in watching tennis as I am right now. Not because I've lost interest in tennis, because I'm playing tennis as much as I can. I'm still keeping up to do up to date with all the tennis news. It's just I'm not interested in many of these events. I find there's players playing on clay. You've got yeah. some players playing in some sort of lower events. And it's just not that high of a standard. We had a good uh, event with Stan with Renko making the final, which he lost. But there's nothing really getting me excited. And I think we just need the US Open to hurry up. And this countdown is getting me excited for it. Because I know we're going to be doing these every week now in the build-up to the US Open. And I think that's exactly what tennis needs right now, to get some excitement back in tennis, because it's missing for me. Uh, I couldn't agree more with you there. I feel that these tournaments that are going on, I never understood the in-between grass and hardcore mini clay court swing that people just try and accumulate points just to try and get, obviously, higher ranked to go into the US Open. For me, there shouldn't be any clay right, uh, right now at this time of season. Either extend the grass for a little bit longer or just go straight onto the hard court. I mean, I know that it's natural to end the swing at the slam, but I mean, the grass court swings already so short as it is. May as well just give it another couple of weeks. And if anything, that plays a little bit more like a hard court than a, than a clay court. So I don't really understand this players just going around everywhere playing clay tournaments. That's not going to help them come the US Open. I think you're missing just something about like just players wanting to go get a bit of sun and play on the clay. Maybe. <laughs> and a good quality of life and Nice food, nice no tournaments vibes. in the UK These right now. These are quite cool when they've got the clay court. <laughs> so they're probably just there having a good time, getting some points. Of course, there's a big demand always for clay court tennis. And the players who are playing, a lot of them, it's their bread and butter. And they prefer playing that than any other tennis. So I can understand it a little bit. I just don't find any of it too interesting because... No, it's not building up to a slam because they're not going to be playing on a clay court. They're playing on the US Open hard court. So... There is Washington going on, um, which has been okay. There's been some good matches. I'm, I'm happy to see Eubanks back in action. I know he won earlier. Yeah. Um, but all in all, I've not been that impressed. We had Iga win that event so comfortably in Poland. I mean, rather yeah. embarrassing. I didn't watch much of it. Wasn't interested. I mean, the final she won, 6-love, six 6-1. Six uh, never really was going to be challenging. And like I said, the only one I really enjoyed was Stan versus Popprin, in which he lost. Stan. But let me know in the no. comments section, guys, what do you make of this period of tennis? Am I just being a bit of a Debbie Down? Am I being a bit doom and gloom? That's just how I feel. I've come on in telling you my thoughts. I'm not finding all this tennis all too, all too much interesting. And I can't wait for the US Open. Yeah, it does feel like because it's the July, August, the holiday period as well, the hot place. 
hot places in Europe, at least, other than England at the moment. It was just awful. All we have is rain all the time. It's been the worst summer I, I can remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't blame the people for just wanting to get out of London after Wimbledon and go somewhere nice. <laughs> I mean, if I was a tennis player, that's what I was saying. The way we've had our summer here in London, after playing Wimbledon, I would be straight to another country. Spain, yeah. Prague, anywhere. Any, literally, I just dropped down anywhere into in Europe. To be fair, is better than where we are right now in London. It's absolutely abysmal. But less of that. Let's talk yeah. about New York. Let's talk about the U.S. Open. And the first section we have is contenders. We've already told you where it's going to be, but let's press the button. Yeah, contenders. Novak Djokovic is the person we will be going through first. Well, I, we normally go through their last year's tournament to go and see how they got on last year. We know that we don't have any last year's stats of uh, the US Open. So I've brought up just Djokovic's stats in general from the US Open just so that we can have a look. And you can see in this one, he gets the final awful lot. But he's lost the final six times uh, at the US Open. He's won it three times. Like I said in the intro, his equal second worst slam really now uh having three Roland Garros titles as well but I still... but what, what what uh percentage wise is the worst one just scroll to the right one sec let me just scroll let's have a look so we've got Roland Garros 85 percent win percent and yeah. the bottom one being the US Open's 86 percent so I mean it's not <laughs> bad isn't it <laughs> like the worst one the worst slam Djokovic has <laughs> He's got a losing. He's got a winning rec record of eighty five percent. It's just outstanding. That's the worst one. <laughs> That's the worst one as well. I mean, ninety two percent at the Australian Open is pretty special. And Wimbledon, not far behind, eighty nine percent as well. But yeah, you, we know the last time he did play at the U.S. Open, as I said before, he did lose to Daniel Medvedev in that final. It was maybe just one match too far in that whole illustrious season of getting all of those slams, going to the Olympics, failing at the Olympics, playing doubles and then pulling out and all of this. There was a lot of stuff going on with Djokovic in that year. And unfortunately, it was just the that one match. He got all the way to just the final match. I couldn't believe it, really. And then he just lost in straight sets. But not many people can beat Djokovic in straight sets in any Grand Slam match. And for Medvedev to do it in a final, that is somebody that we still have to take note of when we uh, are doing these countdown uh, portions. And there will be an episode with Daniel Medvedev's name on it as well. Don't worry about that. Yeah, I just find it outstanding, really, that he's in two seasons uh, managed to play 28 Slam matches, uh, which is insane. Of course, that means you'd win three and get to one final. He's got that twenty-seven and one record in two slam in two seasons. Um, the U.S. Open being the one where he got stuck on the what was it? Not last year, uh, year the year before. Yeah, I mean, nuts, absolutely nuts. I mean, not bad last year as well. Eleven and one as well, pretty good. And then this year, twenty and one <laughs> could be another twenty-seven and one. Who knows? By the time uh, it's over, but. Let's have a look at uh, how the bookies are looking at his odds on this one as well, because before the odds were slightly higher 
for uh, Carlos Alcalaz. Oh, hang on. I think I've just shared this the wrong way. I'll just share it the other way. Apologies. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've not really had a look at the odds, so I'm just um, assuming. Oh, it stayed, I think, like how it was before on the last episode of the countdown it last dropped week. dropped a little bit. What, for Alcalaz and Djokovic? Yeah, they both come down slightly. I think Alcalaz was about a 2.5 and the huge Djokovic was a 2.63. And now they oh. both come down and Medvedev, I think, stuck. Or, I think he's gone up, actually. I think okay. he was 6.5 before. Fair enough. But I might be wrong. Yeah, they're really painting this to be a two-horse race. Do you believe it's going to be that? No, I don't think so. I don't think this is a two. I think Medvedev, you've got to consider in there. It's all dependent on how well he prepares. We've got two Masters events coming up as well. We've got Toronto, we've got Cincinnati, and there could be some breakout people in those tournaments. Remember, who was it last year? We had Chorich, wasn't it? It was really good. And then we were like, oh, is he going to be a challenger? We had him maybe potentially beating Alcalaz in the draw, but it didn't happen. But there are certain players. Didn't Kalenio Busta win like uh, a similar event as well? Well, not just think... that. Busta always does extremely well at the US Open, but I know he's been pulling out of every single event at the yeah. moment. And I know Kyrgios was sending some shots to him on Twitter. Uh, like I said at the start, I have been keeping up with all the news, just not been really that interested in watching much tennis. And the news is I found more in, more more entertaining. Yeah, with uh, Novak Djokovic as well, with this one, we're obviously going to be looking at the draw, like you said, uh, I think in the last episode, and it's going to be all important where where you get picked or where the seeding is for Daniel Medvedev if yeah, he's the definitely. third seed. Like um, We're going to be studying that draw like that. It's going to be almost like the the women's one when we've got the, the three-horse race with Rabakina, Saba and Eager. I think even more so. I think it's more pivotal. Like This draw is huge. It's so important for uh, Djokovic to avoid Medvedev. I just feel like for Medvedev, it's so important for him to avoid Alcaraz. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a very interesting dynamic though. For Alcaraz, it. it doesn't really matter, I don't think. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, he would rather, of course, you say it doesn't matter, he would much rather Medvedev be on the other side because potentially Medvedev could knock out a Djokovic and then Alcaraz won't have to play a Djokovic. And then yeah. if Alcaraz got to the final against a Medvedev, I mean, it might not be much of a view, but Alcaraz would be rubbing his hands together because you can't see him losing against Daniel Medvedev. It seems like such a one-sided matchup, them two at the moment. Yeah, it really does. All Adkaraz wants to do is keep Medvedev on the Djokovic side. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Is there anybody else, like just having a look down this list, that you feel could cause either Djokovic or Alcaraz any problems? Because Novak tends to just he tends to go deep at the U.S. Open, but he's one of his more vulnerable slams. He's lost in the fourth round, as you can see here in 2020 and in 2019 as well. So, I mean, maybe... I'm going to say, I'm going to throw Francis TFO in the hat. What about this guy? If he's no. actually, no, no, not back yet. TFO's no, it's not about getting one. back. I'm not, I'm not interested in Kyrgios hype so much anymore. I'm kind of bored of it. Like, um, he did extremely well at, at Wimbledon last year and I thought he put himself together and was amazing. And the US Open. Yeah, and he's been really unfortunate of injuries since then. So I'm not going to criticise yeah. that too much. But do I see him now going again? I don't, think, I don't know if he's got it. I'd like to be proven wrong, but I don't think he's got it. I think we're just going to see Kyrgios go back to what he was prior to the injury. Uh, but Sad. I could be completely wrong. 
The name I like the look of is like the one I just said, and that is a little bit up. Um, TFO. TFO. Yeah, I think TFO, after watching that Breakpoint uh, episode where they were following TFO, I mean, he's an exciting player. I do like Francis TFO. I think that he does a lot for tennis uh, being like a spectacle, like an entertainment, rather than it just being a sport. I feel that he does bring that factor and he has dialed it down a notch as well. And is now it's, I know that we speak about players with controlled aggression. I feel like he needs like controlled entertainment for for Francis TFO. I just let it loose once you've won a point uh, and it's a big one and then you can go back to normal. But I feel like he was always, he was like running around courts and doing crazy celebration, focused too much on the crowd and less on his tennis. And you saw what happened last year when he focused more on the tennis was incredible and he was so close to getting to the final of the uh, US Open but beat poor Rafa last time I remember Rafa playing was that I don't yeah, count the sad. ones after it <laughs> sad very sad I'm sure Rafa will be back I know that he's on the mend uh, somewhere he's probably uh, probably, sun- probably sunning himself somewhere where'd you get that news from that he's on the mend I'm sure According he's on the mend him. well I remember he had these uh is it fake news, Ben? You're assuming he's on the mend. Would you not think he's on the mend if he's had like surgeries, that type so of thing? So if you thing? don't hear from anyone, you think, oh, he's on the mend. You saw him on a practice court. You know, must mean he's on the mend. Optim- you're too optimistic, Ben. You know your what? character. If you always see him on the practice court, positive. I always think, well, he's on the mend. No, I think I agree. He is on the mend. Um, will he be back for the Australian Open? Let's see. Mm. I mean, it's a tall it, order. I think it's hard to not argue that this is last season on tour next year. Save yourself for the French. I mean, it's got to be. I think it's the last season, man. The last hurrah at the French Open. Will we get a Roland Garros at Wimbledon? Or the Olympics next year as well. Sorry, Roland Garros at Wimbledon. That's what I meant to say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> An Olympics at Roland Garros. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. I, for some reason, I knew what you meant. don't know why that's... Uh, yeah. Work work together for far too long. Too many podcasts. Um, reading your mind, but yeah, we've spoken about Djokovic. An assessment of his chances in this one. There's part of me that thinks that the odds should be slightly lower uh, than they are for Djokovic here, and I know that I'm a big Djokovic fan. No. But what, lower that... than Alcaraz is no, no. I mean, I, I've, I'm maybe I'm saying it the wrong way around. I feel that he's too the. The odds are too nice for him, like 2.5. I feel like it should be like 3. His odds should be higher then. Higher, yeah. So I had to go the wrong way around. <laughs> yeah, it's but 50, yeah. 50-50, you got it wrong. Yeah, that's it. That's normally what happens. Uh, we'll have another <laughs> version of that coming up soon in tennis shootout. Uh, but uh, I, just, I just feel like his odds are maybe too short. Maybe they should be slightly higher now that we know that Alcaraz is this He's a bit of a force right now. Beast. Anyway, yeah, let's move on to the women. So for uh, the contender, we will be discussing Sabalenka. Last episode was eager. This year, or this one, it's going to be Sabalenka. And this year has been very special for Sabalenka. It's hard not to argue that she's been the best player on tour. She's won the Australian Open. Yeah. She looked good. At Roland Garros to a spell and then lost out against Mukova. Looked great at Wimbledon to a spell, beating Keys. I thought she was a Keys was the real one to beat. I thought she was in great form. Good. And then 
lost to Jabur. I didn't really see that coming, but Jabur was in inspired form. Jabur then crumbled in the final. What's Sabalenka yeah. going to be able to do at the US Open? Is she maybe the favourite? Maybe I'm wrong in saying Eager's the favourite. We make her the second contender, which we agree on. But what's her chances? Well, I think they're pretty good, to be honest. Like you said, she's having a fantastic year. And look, you can you can see it there. From 2023, um, for the audio listeners, she's obviously won the Australian Open and she's been to two semifinals since then on the other two slams. So she's only been deep in slams. Semifinals is a minimum. And she did make it to the semifinals of the US Open the last two times that she did go there. You have to think. It is semi-final minimum again for Sabalenka. I mean, I feel I'm actually going to go one step further. She doesn't make the final. I think this will be a very bad tournament for her. Uh, well, it she... depends on the draw, Ben. You can't just say that straight away. No, I just no. I personally feel that she should win this tournament. She can win the Australian Open. I feel that she, she could win the US Open if of she really she could. Goes. That's why she's a contender. Yeah. But that's why I feel that if everything clicks, she will do it. Just keep the mental together. She can wipe the court with anybody. Oh, easy, I feel. Then. Easy. Keep Easy. the mental, she'll win it. But Easy. this season, you can see 17 and 2. She's never ever done that in a grand yeah. and across the four grand slams. Her best pre yeah. prior to that was in 2021 with 15 and 4. She's already surpassed it. US Open, I do agree with you. I think she needs to get to a semi final at least um, because she can avoid some of the big seeds until a semi. Yeah. And she just should be able to beat all the others purely from her power and ability alone. Yes. Um, whether her mind goes crazy in the if she gets to a semi-final, we'll have to wait and see. Um, could she come up against an inspired Leila Fernandez in a semi-final? I hope so because I love Leila Fernandez. Well, uh, this is the, the, my, my the prediction is this: I think if she gets to a semi-final, she could lose again, but it will be against someone who's not one of the big three players. It will be someone you're not really expecting. Like the muck of a story at Roland Garros, like the Vondrus of a story at Wimbledon. We've seen Raducanu at the US Open, Leila Fernandez that year. There's a lot of stories like this, Krachikova. And I think it could just be a name. We're not really, who's just on the, who's a good player, but we're not expecting it. And I think she could be the one who will beat Sabalenka. It won't be a top player who beats her. Not that I'm discrediting them, because of course they'd have been on a great run and might even win the whole thing. But, no, I don't think it'll be that. It'll be someone we're not really like. I don't know. I don't so know who it is. Yet. Madison Keys, like, maybe. Oh, there we go. Going to keep plugging her. Have you got some Madison Keys merch you're going to bring out? Got some in a shares. You know. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, Sabalenka. I think we know. We sort of know what we're going to get from her, and that's why it will be a disappointment if she doesn't even get to the semi-final in this tournament, she will know it, that she should be a contender to win the hard-court slams minimum. She just won her first hard-court slam in Australia. This one's a little bit more open, as we know, with the US Open, but I just feel like she's got the power. We saw what Eager was able to do last year, and that was not even her playing her best tennis. I feel if Saba just keeps the serve to a double fault minimum and just is able to play a game she she could do this it's, it's one of those tournaments i expect her to win 
That, is that a bad thing to say? I do expect her to win because if she doesn't win this tournament in her career, it will that will be a massive failure. Yeah, definitely. But she's got plenty of time left. Yeah, still, she does. Still pretty young. Um, Conquer but, it now. I know what you mean. <laughs> Can't keep getting semi-finals and not winning because one day you won't get to the semi-finals, and then you'll look back on them times when you was dominant and the best player in large spells. And kick yourself. I know you've still got Eager. they still got Rebecca. Who, who can give her a good match? Don't worry about that. But um, she still has something what no one else has. And that is that just brute force. Yeah. Is she going to steal somebody else's nickname soon if she keeps getting those yellows? Old Zachary will be happy <laughs> because he goes out in another semi-final. But, we'll yeah. have semi-final Saba. Oh no, it's all the S's as well, isn't it? What's going on? That's not good. Let's have a look at the uh well what she's been up to. We know that she just played Wimbledon, she lost to Jabur in that semi-final. It it was a very close match. She should have won it, really. I feel that that was another match that she'll look back on, just like the Pliskova one that she could have won, just didn't turn up not really. There's a long list now. Yeah, it, it, it's extending, but could have been. They they are good players that she has lost to. And this is what happened last year. She obviously lost to Eager in the semi-final there and uh, beat Pliskova on that occasion. Quarterfinals, it's fine. <laughs> Loses to her in semi-finals only. But yeah, Kanepi, that was an epic match. Just, she had to struggle through that one. Nobody wants to play Kanepi. And then you can see Collins, another tough one. Uh, I don't yeah. think anyone minds playing Kanepi now. No. Kanepi's not that same player. <laughs> <laughs> then welcome it changed. yeah yeah she definitely has let's look at the odds as well here eager Ooh. is leading the way and there's a little special offer there uh for Saba. <laughs> if you're on 5.5 you can get eagers at 3.5 yeah yeah it is fair um, well it's, it's fitting with what we've got as as the second favorite i guess we'll have to have rebecca now for the third episode um but we'll have to. Maybe we won't. We'll have to have a think closer to the time. Garcia's there for. I mean, I know that she was good last year, but it's just are you. Are we basing everything on on that? Has she done anything else to really warrant that? I think Garcia can be really good at the U.S. Open, but still, maybe a little bit too much that one. Um, how how what do you make of the fact that uh, Eager and Saba are not as big bigger favourites as Djokovic Adkalas? Yeah, I feel that that's correct because on the women's side, I feel that there's always the possibility that anything can happen. The Raducanu thing and that well, type what, of thing. What was Von Drusova? About 80 to 1, right? Yes, 80 to 1. So exactly find me right. an 80 to 1 right now. Good idea. Right, here we go. Let's go down the list. Give me an 80 to 1. There you go. Sinia there Kova, she's won it. Name on the trophy. Senior <laughs> Kova wins the US Open. Paula, Paula, Paula Badoza. Paula. Paula. <laughs> She's British all of a sudden. <laughs> Paula Badoza. Wait, Steph would beat you up if you had to say that. Oh, come on. I'll set Medvedev on him. He's not going to do that. <laughs> I'll stand behind Medvedev. Get him. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't like this lot, uh, 80 to 1 lark. Senior Kova's not doing it. Go up. What's the Aki? Oh, haven't. What is. <laughs> What is going on? What is going on? How's Wozniacki 40 to 1? Yeah, I mean, that's the bookies are just 
playing it safe there. Playing it? Want... What are they doing? Go down, Ben. I'd find someone a thousand to one who I'd rather. I can't. It doesn't go any further. We only I'd got have three. Alison Risk over Wozniacki. She might win it. For top of us, good one. 40 to one. What do you oh, reckon? There's Donna trick... Vekic. Where's Vekic? Um, there she there is. She 30. is. 33s. Ooh. What do you reckon? Well, hit me out on this one. Andreescu. <laughs> Andreescu. Andreescu? Former champion. Where is she? Just there. Go down. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed her. Oh, yeah, next to Nissim. How is Nissim over in there? She's not <laughs> even playing. She's taking a break from tennis and she's 33 to 1. What's yeah, going on there? This is a bit crazy. I don't know what's going on there. Where's I... Kenin? Oh, she's, she's not. Muguruza's there, look. Radicano, 22 to 1. Hasn't Muguruza. She's having a break as well, isn't she? No, that... she's playing, Ben. No. Radu Kanu's on there. <laughs> Are they having a joke on these pods? Radu Kanu's got two broken wrists. Yeah, you've, <laughs> got, you've got to put PU who's going to put on there. You've got to have some players on there. The fact that Radu Kanu's better odds than Mokovas. Keys. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I think let's this move is, away from the odds. Right. At the top, though, yeah, I think it's, I think fives, not bad for Sabalenka. I think that's fair. It's pretty good. Yeah, but dangerous. Coco Goff. You you could make a case that she should be joint favourite with Iga. Let's make you could make yeah. a case that there shouldn't be anything separating them because Saba, I think, has performed better than Iga this year. I was going to ask you, pose you a question as well now, which I know that it's not really that doesn't really make any difference, but I just want your opinion. If we threw into the mix Ash Barty and Naomi Osaka. Where do you think they would be in these? It's a really difficult question to answer, but contending. I think so. I think you throw them in the hat and you've got, rather than a big three, you've got a fantastic five. Yeah. I mean, not that Barty's ever done too much of the US, but still, she we know yeah. that she's quality. And yeah, she, she was good. Yeah, very, very And she's good. shown time and time again that she can do things against Sabalenka as well. So, Is Osaka's odds on her as well? <laughs> Better check no, no. that out. Not, she's not playing yet, Ben. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just checking just because they've got Radu Kanu on there. So then who knows what they're going to do. Right. Let's move on to the next segment, shall we, JG? Yes, this one is latest news where we go through Twitter and hopefully it's more successful than last time. We'll type in the US Open on Twitter and go through some of the tweets. Let's see what we've got in store today and we're reacting live. So the first one is for Relevant Tennis. As per the ATP Tour stats, Yannick Sinner is currently the only ATP player to be in the top five on all surfaces in return games one percentage in 2023. Wow. And then it goes, it may be crucial weapon for the US Open swing. I think yeah. it is. I think it shows his versatility. He's clearly good on every single surface and one of the best returners there is in the game. Yeah. Uh, for the audio listeners, he's number two on clay at 37.59%. Number two on hard court at 30.54%. And number five on grass at 23.65%. And um, again, it says crucial for the US Open swing. I think it really is. And he was 
well, a hair's breadth away from knocking out Carlos Alcaraz, really. Yeah. You've got to think that how close he was to maybe... One small ginger hair. That's it. <laughs> Just one. A little ginger freckle away. Glistening in the uh, <laughs> in that New York sunshine. But it's all about the big moments and Alcaraz was able to overcome it and that's why he did so well. I feel that Yannick Sinner, he's somebody that we will be speaking about more on future episodes and he definitely will be a person to avoid come the US Open draw. What did he do against Djokovic, though, Ben? For Wimbledon? What? Semi-final. This... Poor. This yeah. year. Not too long ago. A few weeks ago. Just not not good enough. I mean... 6-3, 6-4. It, it was his first, break, first semi-final. I feel deer in the headlights. Come on, Ben. He can't keep making excuses for him. I, I feel like he's, slow, he's like a slow burner, though. Like every time those type of players get to a next step, they're like, oh no. Yeah, and then they're a, like, I agree a little bit. I think he is a different player to sort of one of them young ones who just burst on the scene. More fragile. Yeah, I, I would agree. But still, technically, he's just in, insane. Yeah. Like, I remember watching him at Wimbledon this year. Some of the maps, like some of the plays from him. He had a good draw. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> An amazing. Yeah, he didn't draw. have to play anyone amazing, but still. No one inside the top seven. Outstanding. <laughs> he had some really, and in that third set against Djokovic, he looked good, but just couldn't take a set. Can he do well at the US Open? Only time will tell. Let's move down. Let's move to the next one. Okay. Here we go. The US this Open one's will be introducing video review this year to help chair umpires during disputes. Video review will be used for all main draw matches on Arthur Ashe, Louis Armstrong, Grandstand, Court 5, and Court 17. <laughs> what? <laughs> About, About damn yeah. time. Why court 17? I guess must be one of the bigger courts. So that's probably yeah. why. Similar to at Wimbledon, there's certain courts like court 18. That's like a, yeah. like one with a bigger stand and stuff. But yeah, brilliant. Uh, the sooner this came in, the better. Like, how like useful is it for an umpire just to have a quick look at a video to confirm something's in or out, or someone hit the net, or someone did this. Or so. yeah, is this for just the in and out, or is it for, because it's saying for during disputes. Yeah, anything. Is it for like a racket smash and incidents like that as well? No, if you were to like, uh, the one that I... Will he get a video re- review of, say, a player smashing the umpire's chair and like checking to see what happened or... Slow motion. The Andreeva incident where she fell and hit the racket. Like, are they going to look at them kind of things in real time? I doubt it. Is it going to be like a VAR? Or are they talking about purely the the calls? We do. Yeah, we we don't want VAR. We just want something that can iron out very very close calls. I think. Okay, I agree. That's what we don't want VAR. No, we we don't want tennis to slow down. If anything, tennis needs to speed up, not slow down. That's why I think get rid of the line judges, and we don't even. I think just get rid of the challenges as well. That slows everything down. Speeds. I'm sure if you asked players, there'd probably be a lot of them just up for just getting rid of all of it. And popular opinion as well, because I'm a Rafa fan. But I think I want the shot clock to be as little as possible. Ten seconds. I think you've got your time to sit down and you're. On the chair after the you towel have your break, no towel. You, 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 I think that you have your little break, you have your changeover, and you can reboot, have, get some shade, get some fluids, and then you go again. But when you're actually doing them, th- I don't think you need to. I understand you keep going to the towel and they're playing at a ridiculously high level, and it's tough, but that's what makes it so exciting. I want to see players have to go again after not. That's a, I play tennis all the time, and I think that's what would make the sport 
a little bit more entertaining for a neutral. And that, that I think, the- keeps, keeps people engaged rather than the, oh, here we go, we've got to wait another 30 seconds for a point to be played. Well, yeah. Three sets for Rafa is three hours normally. Yeah. It's just crazy. And I, I know why they do it. We, we both know why they do it. Everyone knows why they do it. And this is why all the best players, they do take a bit longer because they're centering themselves. They're getting fully focused. They're getting as much oxygen back in their lungs as possible, ready for that next point. And you're sort of making uh, or taking control of the match by slowing it down to your pace. And that's what they're famous for doing. And then they get back in the zone and then they beat you. And that's why I like seeing when they play against the big serving players and you get someone like a Medvedev goes like, boom, 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 50 seconds. All right, back to you. <laughs> and then you get to see them take a lot longer. And that really highlights it much greater than when you see them playing somebody else who's a little bit like Tao, 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 taking ages with all these other things like, oh, someone's in the crowd, someone's doing this. Oh, we've got to stop for that. There's a lot of people stopping for a lot of reasons that they don't need to stop for, just probably just getting an extra breather or just to slow things down. But yeah, I, I think that it would be better if it was a bit shorter. On to the next one. Oh, quick. quick. <laughs> <laughs> <They're not> advertising <laughs> them. <laughs> How did they end up? That's your fault. <laughs> Right, what's this one? It says, uh, "Go on." <laughs> go on. I don't, I don't know who it is. This is, I'm, I don't know who that we're we're speaking. Hey, Saquon, want to bring Saquon. this energy back this year? Is it bad? I don't know. Who Saquon is no, either. I don't know. Pick who on Saquon. Go on, put us out of misery. Oh, go on then. It's gonna be porn star. Oh, <laughs> American. <laughs> oh no! Quick, don't look. <laughs> I'm nice, um... We're alive. Oh, no, we're not. Okay. Edit that. Uh, channel's oh, gone American down. football. That's why we don't have a clue who he is. Yeah. Right. Go off go. him. All right. Anyway, yeah. Should have known. He's in the US. Go down. Yeah. Right. Last one. Then we're going to go on to the next segment because we're taking far too long. And this one, I'll let you read it because it's your favorite player. Goran Ivanisevic says Sinner and Djokovic are the only ones who can threaten Alcaraz at the US Open. Oh, he doesn't like it. Alcaraz, and he says Alcaraz is a story in itself. And Yannick is the only one who can threaten him at the US Open along with Novak. Sinner's game bothers Alcaraz and they've had some very interesting encounters so far. I'd agree, I'd agree with him in that one. I think he does pose something a bit different and Something I've said before, I feel that the age, uh, it means that Sinner doesn't have as much respect for him yet as he does for someone like Djokovic. And he, when he goes on court, he feels more like an equal, I think, when he's playing against an Alcalaz to a, than a Djokovic or an Adal, people like that. I feel that when he goes on court against them, he sees their, the name, the fame, the, the slams, and then he just gets beaten mentally. Whereas Alcalaz, you better not let him get too far ahead Otherwise, he'll be another one of those faces he sees down the other end. I think it's a bit disrespectful to Medvedev. Yeah, massively. Stick him in there, Goran. I'm not sure what you're saying there. I mean, Medvedev's the guy who beat Djokovic in the final. He's his biggest rival, he said, on tour. That's what he had on hard Yeah, on hard courts, he certainly is. So, yeah, never, ever discount Daniel. That's what I'm going to say. And right. Uh, right on cue, let's move on to the final 
uh, fun section, and then the other ones are a bit, I don't know, they're still fun, but they're not, they're not as fun as this next <laughs> That's a good one. way to be. Yeah, the retention's going to be great after this. Stick, there's no, going to no. be all fun all the way through. No, Stay this is them. the last fun section because the rankings update is not fun. Uh, but we make it fun no no Come it's on. not fun um, right. but join us for it because you might find it fun I don't find it fun this is my this is the fun section it is tennis shootout and so far with tennis shootout Ben's got an absolutely appalling record he's hardly got anything One. wrong it's been abysmal, and my record's been a okay can until last episode. I've not got one right yet on the US Open. You went first last time, so I'm going to go first today. And I've given no. you the easiest question oh, I've no. given you on countdown history. Oh, God. Even that easier means... than Wimbledon. <laughs> <laughs> Which you got wrong. <laughs> it wasn't the spelling. It was what's on the badge. <laughs> <laughs> so how many characters? Oh, yeah, how many characters? Just close. It was two off. <laughs> it was the championships, Wimbledon. <sighs> Got that. Anyway, we're at the US it? Open now. And this one's even easier than that. So, you ready? No. Yeah, go on then. Oh, so for those who are just joining, and this is the first time you've ever watched the countdown, Ben's got 30 seconds only uh, to come to his answer. Yeah. So let me prepare my question because <laughs> Good. you know what it's like. Lots yep. going on. Just got to head on to X to get my question. The new Twitter. Oh. So oh. as you know, have you got are you gonna press the Yeah, I'll press the little okay. sounds. As you know, US Open is played on a hard court. Ooh. It's very hard. Look, you knock on it. Oh, someone at the door. Uh, my question to you is, in 2023, which player has the most wins on hard courts? Go. Right, well, I'm thinking back to the beginning of the year. I mean, it's got to be Daniel Medvedev. I mean, he won so many... He won so many tournaments back to back. He won, didn't he? Wasn't he in about five finals in a row? I think that's going to have to be my answer, surely. With the number? What, how many wins? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with... 27. I'm going with 27. Oh! He's locked in! Okay, so Ben's gone with Daniel Medvedev, 27 wins. I'll tell you the top three. Oh. Third. Third, Taylor Fritz with 20 wins. Wow, he just won Atlanta, so. Second, Yannick Sinner, 21 wins. Pretty good We've not had Alcaraz yet, or we've not had Medvedev or Djokovic. Or Djokovic. (laughs) <laughs> oh, <no>. worrying <laughs> some might say but number one is Daniel Medvedev with 29 wins so oh, hey. that's close. I was going to go 30 and I was like no take it down a bit no, All right, I'll take it. Got it right Djokovic has had 15 wins he only plays Australian Open <laughs> doesn't bother <laughs> doing the rest Tommy Paul's also got 15 oh that's an interesting one didn't expect that one to be on there 
there we go. Well done, Ben. You got it right. I told you it was an easy one. Well, my one's not probably so easy, but it is a historical one. But oh, I will always. give you four, four potential answers. So you will have an opportunity right, to Boris get it Becker. right. Correct. <laughs> it's got it first time. No. Agassi. No. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> Possible. Right. So, as we know with the US Open, this is one of the ones which I wish that Wimbledon would sort of follow in the footsteps of because they play these crazy night matches that go all the way until say 3 a.m. they're on court until. And then sometimes they have to come back the next day and play. But the first ever night match that was played at the US Open between Billie Jean King and Rosemary Casals. Yeah, I wasn't born. Which year was this played in? Was it 1970, 1971, 1972? Oh, come 1973. on. 1973. Oh, give a, have a break, Ben. Play the music then. Ridiculous. I mean, I'm not born. I'm not old like you. So I'm going to take all of this time just to break you. You're an old man, Ben. You're an old, Zero, old, one, two sad or three. man who is constantly trying to make me look bad on this podcast. A, B, C, or D? I'm younger than you. Why are you giving me these kind of questions? I would like to lock in. Quick. 73. It's 70, isn't it? It was even one of them. <laughs> It was 1971, but okay. thank you for at least playing the question. <laughs> but it was. It's a ridiculous I like, question. I like, to, yeah, I like to give these ones because it, everyone gets to learn something about the US Open in this section as well. Me and okay, why didn't you do? Why don't you give me like some other ones which weren't all one year apart? You could have done it two years apart. I don't think you'd have you gone. Have done 69, I, I 71, it, 73, 75. I'd have gone 71. I don't know if you would have. No, I wouldn't have, because I went to 73. <laughs> I don't think it mattered the years. That's what I mean. I could have gone 50. <laughs> but no, it, was it, was more about, it was more about educating the audience and myself. 1971 uh, became the first ever night match played at the US Open. Um, yeah, and it was a women's match as well, which are uh, exciting stuff. What time did it end? 5 a.m. <laughs> I don't know what time it ended. I didn't do too, that much of a deep dive on it. Right. The worst section yet on the countdown. It is the rankings update. Boo. Right. Oh, <laughs> the rankings. Up- such a nice, warm welcome. Well, uh, the rankings update. I did have the rankings. I was just pulling them up before, and now I've lost the, uh, yeah. the tab. Let's you know, go. This is why I don't like the section. You, sent, you, you sent me over the uh, this great one for the women's, uh, didn't you? But I oh, know we've got this one for the men's first. So let's have a look through this one. This is the men's. We also got some alternates put in there now. So if you are new, so what I sent you for the women's is the qualifiers. 
Yeah, that's all we've got, though. I don't have anything more. I thought you'd send me something else. But we'll look through this for now. This is a rankings update. We didn't spe- specify which rankings we're updating. We're just looking through some rankings here. So we've got on the men's, everything's still the same at the moment. No Felix, one's really playing. though, is a fraud. What is going on with him? He cannot catch himself a break, can't get a win. He's just lost again today against Watanuki. Awful. I don't know. He's he's so short on confidence. I don't. Know. Is Tony Nadal still working for him? Because I think that relationship right. needs to end immediately. I think it's gone. I think yeah. it went. Yeah. I think after he failed him too many times, it's, I'm done with this guy. Right, I'm out. Yeah, moving up, isn't he? Yes. Uh, somebody down? just no, just won a tournament, didn't he? Sasha Zverev in Hamburg. He's normally good in that Hamburg tournament. I remember that once watching him when he lost to Basashvili in that tournament. That was a really good match. But moving down from here, obviously... Manorino, spoke... he won an event, didn't he? On yeah. grass. Big, big player we didn't mention. We just skimmed past him there. You spoke about him in the most hardcore wins. He actually just won Atlanta and now into the top 10. And he's number nine in the world. So he's pushed back up again. I think that he was kind of for... Um... I don't know if I want Taylor for it, sadly. Surprise package. Nah. Does that mean I can't have TFO either? He's no, 10. He said it's outside. The... We had this conversation on the last one. Yeah, I just want TFO, man. Well, if he drops back. down, if <laughs> you have to hope he plays badly in the next few weeks. and You might be able to get him when he hits Go 11. I'll have Chapo. Don't, don't tempt me. Oh, or Felix. Yeah, both of them if you want. Uh, looking down here, Solundolo's looking good. Let's see if there's any other crazy... Uh, Movers and shakers. Stan Vavrinka. That's the big name. I mean, no one will want to play him at the US Open. Really great uh, run of form that he's having. Look forward to seeing him Bukic, play. He's doing really well. Yes. Got to the final against Fritz, didn't he? I didn't see yeah. that coming. Well played, Vukic. Let's look at the really lucky players at the bottom. <laughs> he's like look. doing so badly now, right now. But or, No, not them ones. Go up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that got a bit further. Vesely, Nishikori. Chechenato wow. is a bit lucky. He's dropped out. Lestien's very lucky. He's thought it was 86 he entered. Now he's 109. Molchan? Was he a bit lucky today? <laughs> coming back up, though. So, Yeah, Molchan, uh, unfortunately for Sebastian Offner, uh, Offner was five love up with two match points in the second set and lost the second set. 7-5 and then the eventual uh, set in front of his home crowd must be devastated. I wonder what's going through Sebastian's head tonight after God, look how many places Chilic has lost as well. He would have been a seed. Now he's like 98. Yeah. Crazy. Poor right, old Let's Chilich. have a look at the women's then. Oh, the women's. We've only got this fantastic thing that you've supplied. So we've got on this as well if you wanted them mm, it's fine we can just look at the i mean we haven't got all day <laughs> okay rankings <laughs> let's have a look at uh some of the players i like the look of madison well, brangle top serve she'll this, beat a lot of players this one needs to be spoken about wickmeyer got to the semi-finals in warsaw she actually played really well against Deke. she was her toughest match she took oh. her to a very close tie break in the second set. Oh. Actually a good performance. So Wickmeyer, she gave a better performance than the finalists. Yeah, but Ben, that, one event, and was love. that event was ridiculous. I'm sorry, I didn't enjoy watching it. 
I didn't watch it. Well, there you go. That's why. Sarah Rani, look, she's there. Bolinette. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all the usual suspects, isn't it? Mandlick. Wallet. In America. Have you Wallet next to each other. Have a look out for the, uh, yeah, the Americans. How do you find one who actually thinks could do quite well? Wallet. Fruvitova. Harriet Dart. There she is. Oh, it stopped. <laughs> 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 you did this at the last one. It didn't have kept... yeah, She's quite good. She lost in the first round, didn't she, of Wimbledon? Really well before, and I think it's just in my head now. Katie Swan's down there. You don't go on about her so much. Yeah, darts bell. What about Sebov? She's pretty good from Canada. These are just the qualifiers, uh, if anybody's wondering about the uh, rankings. I can bring up like, the uh, the live rankings for the win. Bouchard as an alternate for qualifying. Surprised she didn't get a wild card in. Yeah. Let me bring up the actual live rankings and then we can see if there's any big movers in the actual live rankings as well. Yeah. One sec. Here we go. Just ping that on there. Sorry, it just takes a second. The site is just a little bit more intensive on the uh, <laughs> on the CPU. Computer so how do you see the moves and... Oh, you got to see it there. There's no one there. No one's moved. No, no. Go, keep going down. We've got Kasakina dropped, didn't she? Yeah. Yep, Kasakina, Samsonova as well. Russians dropping. Anyone else with any big moves here? Not really. I think where's Cochiretto? Uh they've just updated it. So she did jump up. She's now into the top 30. I think it's for the first time as well. Yeah, so it's a career high. Look, you can see. Look at that. 22. So she's doing well. Good Italian player. Yeah, Kostyuk's at new career high as well. Blinkova as well. Grachev is actually really good, by the way. Yeah, she played she really well. She just lost round one in Washington. That's how good she is. She was really good against Sabah. Yeah, but she is she is really good. She was. She actually gave her a really good match. I was yeah. almost shocked. Look at Paula. Ooh. She's dropping down. Too much love, not enough tennis. And she finds herself 45th in the world at the moment. JG's top 10 <laughs> for the end of the year. Didn't expect... I meant top 10 on engagements. Ah, she's definitely impressions. winning that. She's definitely... doing an impressions chart. How many clicks? Badoza oh. and Sissipas get number one at the moment. They probably would. <laughs> Alcoa's a bit up there. Bogged down, dropping down a bit. Any big mover? We've got Noskova. She's moved up quite a lot there. Seven spots. Any other big one? Callan Sky down 10. Fernandez up eight. That's Ooh, good. Look at her go. Just in time to win the US Open. I think we'll leave on the Leila Fernandez one and we'll move on to our final section, which is surprise package. So this one is where we pick a player outside the top 10 to be on our surprise package. We'll then speak about them throughout the whole US Open and see who has the better combination of players. I think this time we're actually going to work out a ranking system, how to get points for both of us as well from start to finish. Let us know in the comments section how we could play this game. Uh, so far, I've got Chris Eubanks. And on the women's, I've got Madison Keys. You've got... Hachanov and Andreeva. So, it's a double Russian for me. Will I stick with the Russians on this episode or will I go away from it and uh, pick someone completely different? We've just been speaking about the women, so let's stick with the women and pick our next 
surprise package on the women's side. I mean, we've just been looking up and down on this uh, on this uh, rankings. I'm going to go with... Have you got the odds up again? Are they still uh, there? Yeah, I can bring them up if you want. I'm gonna, got them. I'm going to tell you who I'm going to go with as well, but I'm not sure if it's going to surprise you or not surprise you, but I feel it's somebody who's in inspired form is made a good comeback on the tour and it's going to be Svitolina. Okay. Where is she on the, on the odds? I don't think she is. I can't see her on her, which is surprising. I don't think they've included her. It was Nyaki, not her. Yeah, it's strange. I don't know what they're doing here. Okay. Fair enough. So that's your one. Yeah. I've already had keys. Um, and I'm going to be going for the girl next to her, Leila Fernandez. She's moving up at the moment. Ooh. And Leila Fernandez has a good record at the US Open. She's a player I like a lot. I think she could go deep and surprise a lot of people. Leila Fernandez is going to be my second surprise package player. Nice. I like that. Two people who are good uh, and two people who are good at this moment in time as well. So I'm going to go to the men's and we've got here, they've got to be outside the top 10, remember. So having a look down here, it won't automatically show you where they are, but it'll give you an idea based on the odds. I think we know pretty much who's in the top 10 and who's yeah. not based upon this. And there's one big name which is sort of shouting out which I wonder, you can go first and I'll see if you pick it. No, you can go first. I want you to go. Okay. I'm going to go Sasha Zverev because okay. he's just come off a tournament win. He's coming back to form and he has been to the final of the US Open before. Okay. Yeah, that is a good one. I didn't think he was going to go for it though. So yeah. you've, taken me, you've taken me back a little bit. I wasn't expecting it. I think I'm going to go for maybe something a little bit different than completely. Um, okay. One second. Sorry about that interference. No problem. I'm going to go for... Um, I've just changed my mind again. Ooh. I want to go for Sarundalo, but he's just not been playing well enough for me mm. to want to go for him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a tough one, to be honest. It is tough. Not Felix, that's for sure. I might go for something a bit comp different completely. I'm going to go Yuri Lehechka. Ooh, interesting. He could potentially have a good run. Yeah, I'm not because... sure if he's on the odds. Is he on there at all? I don't see him on there. But I think he'd probably, he'd probably be down there. I thought you might go Dimitra. <laughs> no, seem to be no, I'm going to go Yuri Lehechka. Let's see if he's on there at all. Probably not. No, I don't think he is, to be honest. But yeah. that's fine. Yeah, I feel like he'll be... I think he'd probably be down here in around the hundreds or something, but it's a good one though. Because if yeah. he gets a good draw, he's a well, solid player. The reason I said him is because we saw what happened at Wimbledon with Safulin. Nobody thought that was ever going to happen with Safulin. Yeah. is not he's not a grass court player. Lehechka's not really hardcore. He's great on the clay, but he's just got ability. You know what I mean? Like you can tell he oh. could play very well on on. On hard courts, everything goes well for him. Indoor hard, he's amazing. So yeah, so I think he could, if he has a nice draw, could go very well. I, I like that pick. Yeah, I, I think prefer it's a good that one. to some other players who are just on the fringes of our top ten. Yeah, I feel like mine a little bit safe. Well, Antaleva, I don't know. It's just I'm hoping that she can do something special. Hachanov through past form, and I've got Zverev. I mean, speaks for himself a bit. Svitolina, I 
it's not a guarantee that she's going to continue the form, but I like what she's doing at the moment. So I'm, I'm positive. I feel that she's just wiping the floor. If anybody comes uh, in her way, like a uh, Belarusian or Russian, she seems to really like up the tempo on them. So she seems to be beating Azarenka every time she sees her. You might take out your player then, Andreva. <laughs> Quite possibly. You never anyway. know. Let's wrap up there. Went on far too long. 57 minutes. Usually we try and aim for 40, but Ben loves a waffle. Uh, anyway, thanks for watching. If you haven't already, hit the like button. Subscribe if you're new. Join us for the next countdown. It's going to be on Monday. We're going to try and be a bit more punctual. I'm going to be repairing my laptop, hopefully uh, tomorrow, if not the next day. I'm praying it's going to be ready for Monday. And yeah. Thanks, everyone, for staying with us. In the meantime, we'll be doing, bringing you some news, maybe the odd match here and there. There's not much going on until the US Open, so stay tuned on the podcasts. Join us on Spotify, join us on YouTube, join us on Twitter, or X, as you call it now, and we'll see you very soon. Goodbye for now. Adios. Ciao, ciao, ciao. <laughs>